Welcome to On the Flip Side, a show where two 30-something entrepreneurs read the books that we think are going to help us today and distill them for you. My name is Lindsay, and I'm here with my co-host, Amanda. Howdy. <laughs> and we are on um, a brilliant book. We're going into chapter two of the book. It's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. And if you listened to the last episode, we agreed. This is probably one of the most important books we've read together or separately, because I feel like it's named a lot of things that we've both experienced, but didn't necessarily know that other people were experiencing as well. Mm -hmm. So chapter one was all about dealing with your stress. And it's worth noting that this book really is science and evidence-based. So it doesn't just say you're stressed, take a bubble bath. It says when you're stressed, this is what your body's experiencing and here's how to complete the stress cycle. So if you haven't listened to episode one, listen so that you can really identify when your body is feeling stressed. Um, because while you might recognize a stressor, you might not recognize what stress feels like in your body. So this episode is all about, so you've dealt with the stress itself. Now, what do you do? So Amanda, what do we do? <laughs> no pressure there. That's, that's exactly how we should go into this because it is a big deal. And uh, one of the important things that we talked about in episode one is how to complete the stress cycle right? How do you deal with the stress that's in your body? And some examples are exercise and uh, cuddling and a big old cry and creative expression, right? Really distilling down the stress that you're dealing with and processing it on a daily basis so that it doesn't become chronic stress. And that's one of the reasons that this is so important is because chronic stress leads to chronic conditions. It's been shown for um, major diseases. It's been shown for minor diseases. It, it leads to all kinds of things. So now that we have dealt with the stress itself or we're working on it, you know, cause we're all a practicing uh, yogi in our own area. Mm -hmm. Work in progress. Yes. Yes. That is a much more eloquent way to put it, mm. um, is now we're going to deal with the stressor and a simple way to think of it is the stressor is external and the stress is internal. Mm -hmm. And part of, part of what was so helpful for this book, and I know I've already said this is, is that they named things and experiences. Um, and one of the words that they use, and I don't think this is a universal term, um, but they call it the monitor. I think the technical term is the discrepancy reducing increasing feedback loop or the criterion velocity. So I do, well, I feel like the monitor sounds a little dystopian in the context of your own brain. Uh, the monitor is just the part that identifies a goal, determines how much effort you're putting in, determines how much progress you're making, and 
basically just monitors how you are doing with the goals you are setting. A good example is when you're going to the mall and in your brain it's going to take 20 minutes to get there. Well, unforeseen events happen and all of a sudden you're in traffic and you're hitting every red light. Mm. Maybe you lose something in the car and, and everything is just supposedly going haywire and all of a sudden your monitor kicks in and says, well, is it worth it to continue? Right? Is it worth it to put in this effort to get to the mall? And um, it evaluates the external stress, the traffic, the lights, the whatever you lost and the, that stress. And it, it says like, is this worth it? And then it gives you basically an ultimatum of, are you going to adapt to the situation, change your expectations? Are you going to turn around and fight who knows what to get back home? Uh, are you going to give up entirely or are you going to find purpose in something else, right? That's kind of a, a short, unclean version of what the monitor is. <laughs> yeah, and to get just really tactical with it, your monitor is assessing a few things all the time and time frame is one of those. Is this going to be soon or is this going to be not soon? Is the outcome certain or uncertain? Is it positive or negative or concrete or not? So really the monitor is trying to parse through the expectations of those things, the will it be soon and is it certain and positive, and then continually checking back in with itself to say, yes, this is going like it should, no, it's not. And if it's not, how are we gonna deal with this? I think it's also important to note that when it comes to your, your goal setting to begin with, I think something that a lot of folks, a trap a lot of folks fall into is setting a goal around avoidance and specifically avoiding suffering. Um, and that that is not something that makes your monitor very happy. Really, what you need no. to be doing. No, no. The monitor wants to be happy. So your goals should be things that satisfy that monitor, um, which is to say actively improve your life station situation, whatever it is, and not things that just make you a little less uncomfortable. The monitor is also the part of your brain that is continually reassessing how it's going. So um, in the book, they say, you may do all the things you're supposed to do without getting where you're trying to go. That's red lights flashing to your monitor initially, but they also say that this can result in ending up somewhere else pretty amazing. And so when your monitor sees those red lights, when it starts to think, uh-oh, that's when it's coming up with plan B, C, D and deciding if it's willing to get on board with taking, taking a goal in a different direction. And I would say as people who are dealing with burnout or people who are just constantly doing things, right? We're in this yeah. production, uh, constantly busy society where we are, it's just one thing after another, right? I mean, for example, 
like Lindsay has so many things that she's got to get done today, but because one thing didn't happen a couple days ago, it's impacting her entire day. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that happens to me frequently too. It's like, there's, there's so many things, but then we don't take a step back to realize that we have achieved so much and we don't give ourselves the moment to take a breath. And if we get into this chronic cycle of constantly doing things, we don't assess whether we are evaluating what our monitor is telling us. We're just going through it, right? We're, we're just dealing with all of the things constantly. We, we end up in a more of a reactive state. That is not to say that Lindsay is in a reactive state at all. That is to say that, um, no, I am. I am right now. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) It's just to say that when we are burnt out, it is harder to listen to ourselves, to our intuition, to what is going on. And we tend to make decisions that are not necessarily in line with our goals. And uh, we don't necessarily take the time to assess if those goals are right for us. And so we end up doing, uh, can end up doing what Lindsay was mentioning about how we may be going after a goal uh, that leads us maybe toward a more miserable area or a less fulfilling area. Um, And a lot of times, if you continue to persist, that thing can turn into something amazing. And a lot of what impacts that is our mindset around it and how we look at the challenge or the, the goal or whatever we're attacking at the moment. And that leads us to planful problem solving and positive reappraisal. So you set a goal, you are actively pursuing that goal, and then, you know, the unexpected happens. You hit traffic, you are pulled in another direction for whatever reason. Your monitor is tracking your effort and your progress. Um... And when things start to go awry, I mean, plan A is plan A for a reason. Uh, One of the things your monitor is doing is assessing what kind of effort and how much you should be putting into that goal. There are times of diminishing returns. The highway is stopped. You are not gonna get to the mall in the next hour and a half. Maybe it's time to put your efforts towards other things that need to get done um, and instead go to the mall another time. This is all about continually weighing. It's It's a cost benefit analysis. How much is this going to cost me to do versus how much am I going to get out of it? So being able to see that something's not going according to plan and recognize that that's not necessarily a bad thing, just a shift in uh, direction. That's a really, really powerful thing. In the book, they say the least intuitive part of planful problem solving is managing the stress caused by the problems and the solving. When we are feeling stressed, when things are not going according to plan, acknowledge it, reassess, And don't forget to deal with the stress cycle, the actual feelings in your body 
uh, that plan A not working out has caused so that you can enjoy plan B. But Lindsay, when I'm stuck in a car in traffic or when I'm stuck in a meeting and I have infinite number of other things I need Mm -hmm. to do, Mm -hmm. I'm frustrated. Like I, there's only so many things I can control. And in reality, there's very few things I can actually control. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to do then? Well, I think if you are continually pushing towards a goal and it is continually feeling bad, uncomfortable, frustrating, whatever, that is, that is the cue to reassess because in the moment, it might not feel like you are in control of that situation, but what you are in control of is you and how you react and how you choose to process these things. So starting to reframe whatever this thing is as sort of an opportunity for growth and learning. But the thing is, it's not that this, this frustrating meeting when you have other things happening, it's not about like, look for the silver lining. It's not like express gratitude. You're not going to fix it with platitudes. I think realistically taking a step back, assessing with your monitor, how's it going and deciding this is okay and it needs to get done. So I'm going to do it today versus this is not worth my time, effort, energy when I'm stuck in a car for an hour and a half just because I'm trying to do a return at the mall. When something feels uncomfortable, you're probably actually doing something that creates more and better progress than if it were easy. That is not the quote I thought it was. I thought that was going somewhere else entirely. It's appropriate though. Is it? I was going with the if it burns, it's working, doesn't apply here. The, if you are truly, truly uncomfortable, then stop it. Like there, there comes a point in any plan that's, that's not going to plan where you can do a reappraisal and decide that success in this case actually looks different. Maybe success even means quitting or failing because it is too much and it's diminishing returns. The important thing there is that we acknowledge that there are things we cannot control within our realm of control. It is our job to problem solve as much as we can. And the example of going to the mall, you know, maybe bringing a GPS or, um, having an app on your phone that will let you know where an alternative route is, that type of thing. And if that doesn't work, turning it into a positive reappraisal of the situation. What can I learn from it? Where are we going? How does this actually relate to what I'm trying to achieve? And sometimes it may not seem like it does, but it allows you to learn something that you wouldn't have Otherwise, say patience. You mentioned sort of reappraising and, and I think part of that is in itself progress, at least for me, it is 
because instead of throwing my hands up and saying like, well, can't do this now or, or worse, powering through and being miserable and, you know, upending my whole day, taking a step back to say, is this worth it right now for me is not just a helpful thing, but it's sort of a step toward implementing incremental goals. Like I've started building into my plans, assessing how it's going because it's not a failure if the plan changes necessarily. It's not a failure if the plan changes. That's, I mean, that's so impactful and it's something that I think more people need to hear because we are so conditioned to chase perfection Mm. and to chase success. And uh, there's a great quote from page 49, which is that the quality of our lives is not measured by the amount of time we spend in a state of perfection. Say it again. The quality of our lives is not measured by the amount of time we spend in a state of perfection. Oof. Exactly. That's one that I keep going back to and am like really trying to sit in. And it and it connects to page 39. When you redefine winning, you set goals that are achievements in themselves and success is its own reward. So I don't know. This just feels like two of the most logical statements I've ever heard within 10 pages of one book. And I don't know how many more years it would take me without this book to even be aware of this stuff so that I can sit in it, so that I stop measuring the quality of my life by how flawless it is. Because there's nothing realistic that you will be burnt out on trying to be perfect all the time. Amen. And I think if you look at both of us, and I'm sure many others, one of the areas that our burnout comes from is striving for perfection is striving for non-failure when in reality failure failure can be such a good thing and if you are not failing in life it's almost like you're not trying because especially when you're trying to do so many things perfectly you know, whether it's be a mom or be a wife or be a dad or, you know, uh, run a company or meet a goal or do something small that is big, right? It, it's, it's that failure to see that even the small things are big things and that, you know, even though you so-called failed to do something a couple of days ago that is now impacting you and your husband today. What did you do right? And not perfect because you're not perfect. No, none of us is. You watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did, you know what I did instead actually. And this is, this is true. My husband and I have been running around like 
chickens with our heads cut off for the last few weeks. Um, and I, and the thing that I didn't do that's impacting this day. And my caveat is I live in New York where we don't have in unit washer dryers in our building. Um, I've been trying to get my laundry done and, uh, instead of doing it the other night, we had a friend who is moving back across the country and we hadn't necessarily, uh, or no, we'd just been gone. It wasn't a prioritization thing. He and I have just been gone. And so instead we went and had dinner for like the last time with our, with our friend. And I think it is a win that I looked at doing laundry, which could be done theoretically whenever, um, versus seeing a friend who is only going to live in our area for another 24 hours. And I said, this is more important than doing my laundry. And I stand by it, but at some level, that doesn't make today's madness any easier. But I do think, I do think I made the right decision. Amanda's nodding. <laughs> well, I'd say, I mean, surface level, this, it really doesn't sound like a big deal, right? It doesn't. But it is still something that is upsetting your traditional routine of go, 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 get all the stuff done, mm -hmm. be perfect, look perfect, make sure that, you know, you are achieving your goals and you're continually moving forward. And if you have a setback, you know, you're addressing it in a way that's productive and you're not coping. And I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of weight to carry around all the time, regardless of actual doing of whatever the thing is mm -hmm. you carry around all that weight and it's like no wonder we're stressed no wonder we're burnt out yeah i i was thinking about this before we sat down today um on how stress and the freeze and perfection sort of all come together pretty perfectly in some ways for me. So I am a big, big proponent for the MVP mindset, the minimum viable product. What is the minimum product that will work? Do what it needs to do and takes the least effort possible. Get the job done. I mean, we're talking like B minus C plus here. And then once you get the bulk of it out, you can go back and iterate and improve it and get it to that perfect quote unquote place. But, and Amanda, you, you, and I have talked about this before. It's not uncommon that I would rather turn in nothing, just get a straight zero on a project that would probably have been a B plus because, you know, my, my minimum is still i'd like to think a pretty high bar but taking the zero because i feel like something's not perfect instead of taking the b plus and just moving on i think that that something i'm definitely working on right now is separating successful from perfect like 
turning something in and getting a B plus and having it be done and complete and off your plate and off your brain is a success. Like that's a win, but we confuse a win with perfection, or at least I do. And it's, it's hard. I think a lot of times I have to take a step back when I'm spinning, when I'm working on an edit that I know I could make better and say like, what is the actual tangible outcome of me continuing to do this? And I also think that in the moments where I say there is none, it'll just drive me crazy. If I don't, it's a win to walk away. Absolutely. Success is the most important thing. And I think for particularly for career oriented type A women, a regular goal that should be built into every process is taking a step back and saying like, am, am I being successful in what I need to do? Not why isn't it perfect? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And... Good. I just had therapy, so I'm like a little. <laughs> it hits home. Right? <laughs> to add to that and to go back to the seven habits is mm. this idea of redefining winning. Right? And you said that success is the most important thing, but success is also subjective. Mm hmm. It is 100% based on who we are and what we are trying to achieve. And we have a tendency to fill our days with so many things that we're trying to succeed at that we don't take that step back and question if it is, if it is fulfilling, if it is worth it, if it is actually in alignment with our values and our principles. And when you fill yourself with that kind of expectation and uh, you don't take a step back to redefine it or to really assess it, you know, like you were mentioning, uh, we, we tend to feel like we don't have any control. Mm. And the reality is that we do have a choice. We always have a choice. And, you know, I know that I grew up in a complete uh, dirt poor environment with a single parent. And I know what it's like to count pennies to pay for food. I know what it's like to not be able to pay for things. And it may be, <laughs> it may be hard to feel like you have choices in that situation or in a, mm -hmm. a plethora of other hard situations. I know I certainly didn't feel like I had many choices then, especially as a kid. Mm -hmm. The reality is that we do have choices in every situation that we are, in every situation that we are in. We do have the choice on how we respond, how we react, how we address the stress or the stressor, whether we take the time to breathe, how we define winning and success and failure. And we get to a point often where we assess giving up and in society, we are often told that giving up is not okay, 
right? I'm not a quitter, right? Mm. Yeah, you may not be a quitter, but on the flip side, are you actually working towards something that is worth not quitting over? Because quitting can be freedom. Mm -hmm. Quitting can be an empowerment that you have never felt before. And to be very clear, we are not saying your job is miserable, so go quit. On the flip side, if you do an internal assessment and your job is miserable and you quit and start over, good for you. Mm -hmm. Right? This is about doing what is good genuinely for who you are, for what you're after, and for dealing with the stressor in a way that is healthy, knowing that you have the freedom to choose. So let's say you do walk away from something, right? You sit down, you do the assessment, you think this isn't working and it's not worth my time. I think in a lot of, in a lot of ways, um, I have dealt with failure and quitting in the same way, which is essentially, um, lashes, self-administered lashes to say, you know, you've got to be better. You've got to be stronger. You need to be more, whatever, have more grit. But the reality is the only way to sort of rebound from something like that is to approach it with kindness and compassion. If something's not working, there's a reason it's not working and that's okay. If you are failing to do something, there's a reason that's happening. And me, I mean, how maybe you're even in the wrong jungle, but jungles, you, the jungles. <laughs> but if you come at yourself with guilt, anger, lashings, you're never going to get to the point where you see what you've made space for and sort mm -hmm. of why it was in the grand scheme of things important that you walked away or important that you failed. Like, it's so funny. I'm even struggling to say the word failed because it's so ingrained in me that like, we don't do that, but we do. And you know what? Sometimes it's great. Some of the best things that have ever happened in my life were because I failed. I walked away. And if I weren't kind to myself in those moments, I don't know if I would be sitting here having this conversation right now. Because getting back on the horse that just continually bugs you is not is not persistence, it's not grit. It is dangerous. And if you know it's dangerous, why are you doing it? Giving up is great. <laughs> persistence too is also great. But measured persistence, blind persistence, you could end up persisting down a path that's not right. Mm-hmm. But so long as you are checking in with your monitor saying, is this worth it? And you and your monitor keep saying, yep, keep going. 
Yeah. And a, a good way to do a quick assessment and maybe keep it in more of a a formal way, you know, for those of us who like lists and for like writing things down to process, uh, is really just to answer these four questions about whatever it is you are struggling with. What are the benefits of continuing? What are the benefits of stopping? What are the costs of continuing? And what are the costs of stopping? Take a deep look into how are your actions today going to affect you six months from now, a year from now, five years from now. And that kind of looking into the future is often, it's hard to do because there's a lot of unknowns. We have no idea if we're even going to be here six months from now. Mm-hmm. We sure hope we will. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, taking that time to really look at ourselves, our fulfillment, and most importantly, our health, and how the actions we're taking today are going to impact our future, is going to do more for you now, even though it may lead to some hard decisions, and it may lead to starting over, right? Mm-hmm. It may lead to some, some new ways of life, but is how is it going to impact you in the long run? Yeah, I I think the authors end it in this chapter with, I don't know. I don't know if this is the same sentiment or adjacent sentiments, but they say the quality of our lives day to day is measured by our freedom to choose to stay or leave. That freedom comes when we have abundance enough and safety enough to let go of what is broken and to reach for something new. And the second one is a goal is not a life, which I wish someone had said to me 20 years ago. A goal is not a life, but it may be what gives shape and direction to the way we live each day. So setting a goal in and of itself is sort of a step forward. It's just a matter of whether or not you build into your process, checking in to see if that goal is still worth pursuing. And the answer is no. If the answer is no, walk away. You've learned something. You've learned something from that experience. Once you've done all you can, you're allowed to move on. And to quote someone a little bit famous, what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become. Henry David Thoreau. It's like, that wasn't in the book. (laughs) But related, because we all have journeys, we all have goals, we all have things we are striving toward, especially those of us who have struggled with burnout. And we're all trying to get somewhere. The moment, though, that we forget that it's not necessarily about the goal, but it's about what we can achieve once we get to that goal, is the moment that we start to unravel, is the moment that everything gets harder and we have to put in more enduring and pushing through instead of embracing and taking a moment to breathe. 
right? We're, we're focused on just getting it done and not celebrating the wins along the way. Yeah. So if really what we're doing day to day in our lives is setting goals, I think we need to assess what those goals will ladder up to and to know that it might not be failure. It might just not be right for you or me right now in this moment. So honestly, no wonder we're all burnt out. <laughs> like how whole different, whole different discussion, but like, how did we get here? I literally needed it spelled out in a book for me. No wonder we're all burnt out. If we're constantly trying to be perfect all the time and nail it every time and treat walking away because it's healthy as a failure. Yeah. No wonder we're all burnt out. We're holding ourselves to actually literal inhuman metrics, standards. And I would say based on Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning, as well as the idea behind logotherapy, we're all doing it because we're searching for meaning. Mm. We are all looking for purpose and we fill that hole by doing all the things and trying to be perfect, which coincides with chapter three of burnout, which happens to be meaning. Oh, I love that. Great ending. <laughs> Join us next week as we dive into meaning and how much of an impact it really does have on our daily life. We are Lindsay and Amanda from New York and Washington state. Have a great week, y'all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>